0: All right, good afternoon. How y'all doing? Good, good, good. It's good to be here. I I just want you to know, um, I am a big fan of what you're doing here through the City Network, and it is a really, really big deal. You may not, you may think, well, is it really big? No, it's a really big deal. The fact that over the last, what, five years, in a variety of ways, you've helped plant, you know, 40 churches here in this area. I mean, that is awesome stuff. So I I just want to say thank you. I was, telling, I, was t- I was telling Robert before I come on, I said, hey, this story needs to be told more and more because what you're doing here really is an inspiration to other cities across the country. And I, I can say that, I think, from the vantage point because I get to see a lot of networks. So again, thank you for what you're doing. I think it's just awesome. And I, I'm, I'm delighted to be here. Um, I'll tell you, here's what I would start with because we're talking about kind of what future leaders need. There's probably a lot of things, oh, what, the, what future generations need. And there's probably a lot of things maybe you'll never be that will connect with them. You may never start, you know, a VR church. Uh, you may, maybe you're just not interested in having, you know, a pair of Oculus uh, goggles and going into the metaverse. Um, maybe, you know, TikTok's not going to be your thing. Whatever that kind of stuff. But, but for every one of us, I'll tell you, here's the one common denominator. I think that the future generation needs from every one of us that we all can deliver on. And they desperately need this. Because what they need from us is they need us to be a generation of healthy and whole leaders. There's a lot of things, okay, that you may not be able to figure out. You may not be able to identify that smell, okay? What was that smell? I know. But this is what you can do. A healthy, whole leader. I want to go there just for a little bit, and I want to give you a very practical tool. I'm going to back up a little bit. There's a guy named Clayton Christensen. I don't know if that rings a bell or not. Clayton Christian was probably... Uh, maybe one of the foremost business leaders of our time taught at Harvard Business School. And one of the things that Clayton Christensen would always do in the second semester, on the last day of class, in his favorite course, is he, in that last lecture, he would always tell them a story. Every year he would do this. Last semester, second semester, last class his favorite class, he'd always give this last lecture, which was kind of a story. And the story was about his own graduating class. In fact, he tells this. If you wanna pick up the book and how to measure your life. It's a, it's a terrific read, uh, not particularly Christian, but it's still a very helpful, helpful read. And he would explain about his class, because he also went to Harvard Business School. And he would say one of the things that they would do is every five years, they would have a reunion, a class reunion. <clears throat> and he said, HBS was brilliant at these reunions. Because they'd bring in the best of speakers, they'd have great food, and just, I mean, it was like a, just a spectacular gala. And of course, in the process, they'd do a lot of fundraising, you know, for, through, from alumni. And, he's, and so he would tell them about their, his five-year reunion. Having graduated five years ago, we came back together, and there was a great turnout. We looked around, and everybody seemed polished and prosperous, and, and you could just sense that we were a part of something special. My classmates all had great jobs, A lot of them lived in exotic locations. All of them seemed to have married people who were much better looking than them. We were destined for fantastic things at every level. That was at the five-year reunion. Five years later, we came back for our 10-year reunion. At the 10-year reunion, he said there were some things that we never expected that became increasingly common. While many were still making very good money. They didn't like what they were doing in making that money. Many also found themselves divorced or in unhappy marriages. In some cases, they were living on two different coasts and having almost no engagement with their kids. And he said it was strange, as he told this story, right? The last lecture. He said it was strange because my classmates were some of the brightest and most decent people I ever met, and I couldn't figure out exactly what Went wrong in 10 years. He said, then came the 25th reunion. Our 25th reunion, we're fast forwarding now. And the problems were only worse. He said, one of my classmates was a guy by the name of Jeffrey Skilling. Maybe that rings a bell for some of you. Skilling had risen to be the CEO of Enron, but because of a very public scandal, not only was he fired, but he also found himself in jail. And as Clayton Christian tells the story, he said, I knew Jeff Skilling. Jeff Skilling was a good man. He was smart. He worked hard. He loved his family. But here he was now, twice divorced, filed bankruptcy, and was doing time in jail for multiple felony charges. And he would continue, he says, I know Jeff Skilling never intended to end up divorced. He never meant to get to a place where he had to file bankruptcy. And he certainly never thought he'd, he'd end up in jail. And he said it wasn't just Jeff Skilling at that 25th reunion. There was another classmate in jail for insider training. There was another classmate who was in jail after a sexual relationship with a teenager who worked on his political campaign. And it just got kind of worse from there. And then he would pivot in this last lecture, and he said, so what I want to do in the remainder of our time, as we end this year together, I want to talk to you about three things. One, how to be successful in a career that brings your life both purpose and meaning. I want to talk to you about how to stay happily married to the same person your whole life. And then thirdly, I want to give you a strategy for staying out of jail. (laughs) Here's my question for you, because I found it so fascinating. Why was that such an important conversation that the great Clayton Christian felt like that had to be the last lecture, the last thing he left his class with, with some of the best, the best and brightest people anywhere? I have a theory, and I think the theory is that if we are left on our own, we drift. We drift. And as leaders, we tend to drift. And I'll just, I'll go first. I think one of the great dangers to the influence that God's given me in my own leadership is drifting. Let me remind you, I think this is probably an illustration many of you use, but it's worth going there again. For example, if you were to walk down the block from your home to a neighbor and you're only off by like one degree, you would barely notice because you'd end up in your neighbor's home. But, If you were traveling, let's say, from San Francisco all the way to Los Angeles, and you're off by just one degree, you'd find yourself in the Pacific Ocean. (laughs) And even worse, if you were flying from San Francisco all the way to Washington, D.C., and you're only off just one degree, you'd actually end up in Baltimore. And the point is this. When we drift, I think what happens is we find ourselves in places we never intended to be. And I have a hunch that resonates with all of us. We find ourselves in places we never intended to be. And so when leaders are relationally or physically or mentally or spiritually, when they drift, we find ourselves in places we never intended to be. I think this is a particularly important conversation because we're, I think we're in a season right now, from my own experience of 30 years in ministry, this, this is the hardest season I've ever been through. Can I get an amen on that? This, it is a hard season. And when it's difficult like that, I think we have a tendency to drift towards things that'll numb the pain. We have a tendency to drift towards someone who'll tell you what you want to hear. And we have a tendency to drift towards something or someone who'll make you feel how you want to feel. And I just want to remind all of us in this room how easy it is for any one of us to drift. So the question becomes then, okay, how do we become very intentional about not drifting? If that is the great enemy, how do we become very intentional about not drifting? And we actually deliver an offer to the next generation, whole and healthy leaders. I think one of the best descriptions, best explanations for Jesus' own leadership development is in Luke chapter 2, verse 52. Uh, Dr. Luke, the scientist there, gives us kind of these four ways in which Jesus intentionally grew and developed. And of course, in Luke chapter 2, verse 52, it says this. As a young person, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and men. And there's just a simple little tool that I've used for more than a decade now that I really want to kind of pass on to you. And this simple tool is a tool that um, I don't think I could actually say it keeps you from drifting. But if you'll use this tool, and it'll take you less than five minutes every day, if you'll use this tool, it's a tool that will alert you, hey, you're one degree off. You're one degree off. And what this tool has done for me is in many ways the conversation that Clayton Christensen thought was so important for him to have with his class, that last lecture, that last day of school, it's like I get to have this kind of conversation with myself every day. And so what I've kind of done is I, call it, I just call it checking the RPMs. And I'll tell you what. Here's what I would love for everyone to do because we're going to all do it together, okay? So this is just going to get painstakingly practical. My hope, my hope is that you'll do this in some fashion that fits who you are. It could be kind of what Cesaro calls a rule of life for you. Um, and then even pass this on to other people. But here's what I'd love for you to do. Either on your uh, computers or grab a piece of paper or on your laptop or your iPad, whatever it is. Just write these, uh, write these, these four letters, okay? Just do something like that, okay? The R stands for relational. The P stands for physical. The M stands for mental. The S stands for spiritual. And I think in many ways, when you talk about how Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, favor of God, and men, you have all four of those things represented there. Um, so let's just start with this. How are you doing right now relationally? I want to go there just for a little bit. Just ask the question. How are you doing relationally? See, my observation is that leaders who drift, when we start to drift, we find ourselves with friendships that are not accountable. If you're married, you also find yourself in a relationship that once was maybe intimate and there was time for conversation, but now it's become superficial and you don't deal with the conflict. And you also find yourself telling yourself, you know what? it's gonna get better when we get through this week or we get through this next project or we get through this next season. And there's always another one of those. That's what it looks like when leaders are drifting. Now, when my relationships are headed the right direction, when I'm doing any kind of evaluation, a quick study on this for my own self, I know for me, like, particularly um, when my kids were young, I, I always had time for my kids. I'll tell you, when we talk about what the next generation needs, what they need is they they need people who are great moms and great dads. (laughs) Um, One of, I mean, there's there's things I certainly didn't do right, but one of the things I I look back now, because now my kids, I got one still in college, but are out of the home. And um, from the time um, my daughter Amy, who's the oldest, to the time, from time she was in kindergarten, time she graduated, every week uh, we would have a date. And so when she was a little, when she was just, you know, cute as she could be, just little, we, we'd always go to Dunkin' Donuts. Every week we'd go to Dunkin' Donuts. And then when she got a little older, she liked to go to Caribou Coffee. I don't even know if Caribou Coffee's still around anymore, but they had a couch there by a fireplace. She called it the comfy couch. She always would sit by the, on the comfy couch. And then when she got into high school, she actually started working at Starbucks, so she got numbers, so we got a discount, so we went to Starbucks. And I'll never forget this, too. It was, um, it was the, uh. It was the last day of her senior year of high school, and we'd done this kind of whole run. And um, we get in the car, and she'd, by this point, I don't know why, because I'm certainly not, but she was a country music fan. So we turned turned the radio on, and I'm not making this up. Do you remember that old Trace Adkins song, You're Gonna Miss This? Oh my gosh, it's just brutal. (laughs) Because basically it's a song about a girl that grows up singing it, you know, and and the dad's going to miss this. It it goes like this. You're going to miss this. Just imagine with a southern twang and a guitar. You're going to want this back. You're going to wish these days hadn't gone so fast. You know, I'm trying to drive. And just like, like that. But I'll tell you what, I mean, and I can't really, you know, it's funny. I think about all those trips to, you know, whether it was Dunkin' Donuts or Caribou Coffee or Starbucks. I can't really think of like one time where we had like this brilliant earth shattering, earth shattering kind of lightning from heavens kind of spiritual conversation. But, but there was just a, just week after week after week building a relationship um, with one of my favorite people in the whole world. And uh, I got to, I did the same kind of thing with the boys. And I, 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 coached, I coached their teams. I'll tell you what, I would do all that all over again in a heartbeat. That, that was some of the most fun time. For those of you that little people, I mean, coach their basketball teams, coach their baseball teams. I mean, remember, there was a string one time with Caleb's teams. We, we went undefeated like four years in a row, which was awesome. And I, I'd give them in the huddle, and I'd always do this. I'd say, okay, listen, guys, we're just here to have fun. We're just here to have fun. But it's more fun if we win. <laughs> And I, I guess I'm kind of telling you those kind of things, because I'll tell you what, when, I'm, when, I, when I do the quick look at how am I doing relationally, I, I want to know that I have time for my kids. I want to know that I have time for my wife. Whatever the practice is for you, there's a date night. Sue and I were, made it kind of, a, and continue to do, how do we get, a, how do we actually get away on a regular basis, even if it's just like one night into the city? I'm from Chicago. How do you do those kinds of things? How, am I cultivating deep friendships? I think one of the places where I didn't do as well, and I'm continued to, I think I, need, I gotta do a better job on this, is cultivating deep friendships. I have lots of people I know. I got a small group, that kind of stuff. But you know what? If there's like, who are the two or three people you wanna go to the Bulls game with? i Chicago reference, sorry. I need to do a better job of that. So I'll tell you what, here's what I want you to do right now on a scale of one to 10, okay, on a scale of one to 10. Um, what I want you to do is just give yourself a score on how you're doing right now today relationally, all right? And one is sucks, and ten is awesome, okay? And five's like right in between. So give yourself a score of one to ten. Uh, Sue and I are doing pretty good. I had dinner with Amy this week. Um, My small group is, I love my, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I think right now for me, I'm a seven. So go ahead, do you give yourself a number? Don't think about it too much. Don't make this too hard. Just give yourself a number, okay? And there's a second thing I want you to do then, okay? The second thing I want you to do then is this. I want you to compare it to kind of like yesterday or the day before or just the last few days. And so the question is, which way is it trending? Think like stock market, okay? (laughs) Which way is it? So if you're going like, you know what? I think it's actually getting better, giving an arrow up. If you think it's getting, uh, you know what? I think I'm kind of sliding a little bit, give an arrow down. Or if it's the same, just give it a circle. Does that make sense? So like for me, I'm going to go ahead and give this one an arrow up, Does that make sense? Okay, here's the second thing. Let's talk about how you're doing physically. How you're doing physically. See, leaders who drift, they stretch their waking hours and they shrink the time that they should be getting refreshed sleeping through sleep. They eat on the run with not much regard for what they put in their bodies. There's no time for exercise. And we not only become relationally soft, but we become physically soft. And I think Christians, we kind of have a reputation for downplaying the importance of our physical bodies. And it's interesting, because look at the Apostle Paul, I mean, great leader. He seems to take it very seriously in 1 Corinthians 9, 27. He says, I discipline my body, and I make it serve me. And why does he say it? So that, help me out. You remember? So that I won't be disqualified. I mean, to use our metaphor, he's saying, hey, I do that. I discipline my body so that I won't drift. That's what he's talking about. Now, for me, what I'm... Physically, and I'm doing this little evaluation. headed in the right direction. You got to figure out what works for you. Okay, for what works for me, I, I is going out and running. I I like to run. If I if I can get out and run, I'm running four or five times a week, at least a five k. I'm on a, I'm on a good pace, and I also for me, I also know that I need to have like a race on the calendar because I'm kind of goal oriented. So if I have a race, so I know I'm gonna, I'm doing a half marathon in May, so that's on the schedule there. So I got I know next week I, my. Training schedule kind of kicks in because I don't want to totally embarrass myself, right? So that's one of the things I know I need to exercise right. I also know I need to eat right, and yeah, I mean, I love chocolate and I like to. So I mean, I, I'm not nuts about this, but I'm, I'm going to. How am I taking care of this thing? I also know my energy level needs to be right, and so for me, I try, I try to make it a business. Okay, I need to be in bed before ten thirty because I know I'm also going to start my day at five thirty, and and if and if I don't get enough sleep then I am, not, I am not, as a leader, going to be a whole healthy person. So here's what I want you to do, okay? How are you doing physically today? Scale of one to ten. One, yeah, not good. Ten, awesome. Five, somewhere in between. Um, I'm going to give myself, I'm six. And actually, because I, I had... In January it's just so stinking cold in Chicago. I hadn't been outside and I hate the treadmill, but we got some warm days last week. So I'm actually doing a little better. So I'm, I'm back on track there. So I'm going to give myself a, I think it's moving in the right direction. All right. So give yourself a score. How are you doing? And then is it up, down, dot, the same. All right. How are you doing mentally? Mentally. See leaders who drift don't deal with their feelings. Leaders who drift don't address doubts. They push down anxiety. They don't explore new ideas and don't have time to dream. I know for me, when I'm mentally headed in the right direction, I have time to stop and help and have other people help me process life. Recently, I've been making some bigger decisions and was feeling anxious about that. And I was going, okay, time out. Um, and I went and saw a counselor, and we had, a, and, and it was super helpful to me. And we have to destigmatize any of the things around mental health in the church. It is so, so, so important. So, are you taking time really to deal with those things and allow other people get a professional involved to deal with those things? I also put in there also not just mental health, but I also talk about kind of learning, because I know leaders are learners. Now, I actually find myself, these days, I, I find myself almost listening to more podcasts than I do reading books. And so there's a handful of podcasts that while I'm running, I'm also listening to podcasts, and I just kind of got one on a lot of the time. But I know for me, part of this also is also about dreaming. As someone who has an apostolic gift and, and a futurist on Strength Finders, I know I need to find space to dream. And so for our staff team, we actually... Uh, Four times a year, every time there's a fifth Wednesday, we just call that a retreat day. Everybody gets a retreat day. You are paid to spend a whole time with God and take a retreat day. And it's, a lot of it's about this, about your own mental health, about your spiritual formation, but also about learning and creating space. So here's the question for you, okay? How are you doing mentally? How are you doing mentally? All right, I'm gonna... I'm going to go five. And part of it, I'm also going to say it's actually not as good. And part of it, there's just, um, you know, the, is, there's issues and stuff that's going on in the church that I lead. It's a great church. But there, it's got stuff like all of us got right now. And you, you can just, you know, you, I don't know, people feel, you feel that anxiety. Some people feel it in your neck. Some people, I, I feel it right here in my gut. It's just like, and you're going, oh, that's not good. You got to do something with that. And so this, this, this is telling me, okay, what you know, this is telling me is, hey, you're drifting. You see that? You're drifting. All right, spiritually. Leaders who drift spiritually, their prayers get reduced to cries of help, and their worship get reduced to cries of thanks for the help, <laughs> and we reduce the margins of what once was sin. And for me, very simply, too, when I'm thinking about this, I just kind of think about three key relationships. I think about my relationship with God. And there are certain things I know. I know I need to be reading the Bible. I need to be journaling every day. Uh, this journal over here, this is actually where this is, this, is, this is actually where I write out my RPMs every day. It's right at the top. Just put them right up there. But I also, you know, I'm in the Word writing out my prayers there. That's an important thing for me. I'm trying to do a better job with Sabbath. I think a lot of us are starting to realize, oh, that's one of the commandments. Um, Starting to do a better job with that. Um, Over the last three or four years, too, our church has started the year with the 21 days of prayer and fasting. That's been an important discipline for us. So my relationship with God, but also my relationship with the church, I have a terrific small group that, that I lead and um, just an amazing group of people. That It hasn't always been that way, but right now in a season we're just a really good group of people, which is, we're, on, we're doing life together. We're on mission together. And then the last one is kind of my relationship with the world. so relationship with God and the church and the world. And I always kind of check too. Out at my ministry, is that something I'm doing out of obligation or out of passion? Because if it's obligation... I'm just doing it because it's my job. And here's the next thing on the list. What I'm doing out of passion, it's, 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 it's what makes my heart beat fast, which is why I got in this to start with. So I'll tell you what, what I want you to ask, how are you doing spiritually, okay? How are you doing spiritually? What would you give yourself? On a scale of one to 10, give yourself a number. Go ahead right now, write down a number, what would you do? And I would say, for me, I'm probably about right there. It's about the same as, I'm, I'm, it's pretty much a steady state. Now, this, may get, this is a little bit kind of tactical, but one of the things I like to do, because I like to give myself a score. Now, that you, you all might not be wired the same way, but what I'll do then is I actually, I'll take all three of these. Because I want spiritually, spiritually weighted a little more. So I'll take these first three, and I'll get an average. So seven, six, five, you add that up, that's 18. Average is six, right? So the first three, that's six. And then I add it to the second one, that's six. So my average score right now, my score is six. And overall, I think I'm trending in the right direction. And I'll tell you what, now, write my journal. This simple tool, okay? Literally this is something, I'm telling you, you can do this in way less than five minutes every day. Does that make sense? It's, it's just, it's a, it's a tool that just basically you're going to, I'm going to have a heart-to-heart conversation with myself every day how I'm doing because I don't want to somewhere down the road find myself in a place where I never intended to be. And I'm telling you, it's happened to a lot of good people. Um, I was in a small group for about you know, seven or eight years uh, in Chicago of... Uh, uh, pastors from very large churches. And uh, there was about, there's like 10, 11 of us in this group. And, you know, it, it was kind of, it, it, I mean, I was honored to be a part of the thing. It was like a who's who. And it was, you know what? It's funny how you make the connection till just right this moment. But if we got together again, for a reunion, it'd be just like Clayton Christensen. Because, man, I'm telling you, there were some great people in that group. I mean, really good people. And I don't know how to describe it, and I'm not defending it, the stuff that happened, that they did. But somewhere along the way, I mean, right, they drifted. And I have to believe that now in some of their quiet moments, they're going like, man, how did I end up in some place I never intended to be? And I'm telling you, okay, this is maybe the greatest gift we could give the next generation. Maybe the greatest gift. And this isn't, you don't have to be clever, you don't have to be hip, you don't have to be cool, you don't have to be high-tech, you don't have to be any of that. You just got to be the best version that, of, of yourself, and that is if we could all be whole and healthy leaders. And uh, and so I got, Robert asked me to spend some time with you. And I just thought, you know, I just want to give you this tool that I've, I've been using for the last decade. I don't think it's foolproof, okay? I don't want to kid myself that way. But it's another one of those rules of life that at least you're, every day you're telling yourself the truth. Hey, am I drifting? Am I drifting? All right, let me pray for you guys. Father God, I want to say thanks for this, uh, this, this group of leaders here. <clears throat> Uh, the way they love you, the way they love the mission and the way their heart for the next generation. And Lord, I do. I ask that uh, for myself and for every person in this room. Um, help us to courageously have the hard conversations with ourselves and invite other people into it so that we know when we know we're drifting off course and we can course correct.